Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Mud Her, season two of Rewriting the Mother Code podcast. I'm inspired and excited for this week's episode and my interview with Jenna Jaffe. Can I just say, I feel so blessed and so grateful to have the opportunity to be with women like Jenna and all of my inspiring guests. Like, I get to learn so much. I get to connect with these amazing guests and finding out the inspiring things they're doing in the world. And Jenna is for sure one of them. So Jenna's a lawyer. She was a nationally regarded gymnast, an entrepreneur, and founder of Connecting Rainbows, which is an organization connecting legal resources with fertility resources for the LGBTQ plus community. She's a beautiful example of someone who mothers herself. And we got to hear about just exactly her journey with that and how it's been a challenging journey, but she's arrived at a place that she actually never thought she would be, setting up ways that she is now in intentional and dedicated to mothering herself and seeing how much that benefits her, but her businesses and her family. So we'll hear all about that and be inspired as well as, you know, just how Connecting Rainbows came into being and a lot of really good 
beautiful, juicy stuff about her life and the inspiration that she is. I know I left the interview super inspired and again, so glad I had the opportunity to meet someone like Jenna. So let's go to it. Well, I'm super excited for today's podcast, particularly because I have an amazing guest, Jenna Jaffe. So welcome, Jenna. Thank you so much. We have a lot, a lot to talk about today, but I want to kick us off with me sharing a little bit about Jenna. We're going to hear a lot more, hopefully from her, but I'd love to share just some highlights that of course will be in the show notes. And of course, everything about her will be available to you that way, but say a few things. Jenna is a down to earth mama, lawyer, entrepreneur, wife, and founder of Connecting Rainbows, an organization connecting legal resources with fertility resources for the LBGTQ plus community. And she's a perfect example of someone who mothers herself to mother the world. Simply no one is doing what she is doing in the world. And her desire to create this platform was born out of her own wish to have had that during her journey. So her story is one of transparency, authenticity, and tenacity. And I can't wait to dig in with her today. So again, welcome. Thank you for the introduction. Oh, of course. It's, you know, it's just a brief summary of all, all of who you are and what you've been about lately. But I wanted to jump right in, if you don't mind, and hear about your latest venture, you know, what, what's kind of newest in the landscape in your world, among all those other wonderful things, which is if you could tell me about your journey to connecting rainbows and what connecting rainbows is doing and what it's all about. Yes, absolutely. So as you mentioned, connecting rainbows is my organization that provides legal and fertility resources to the LGBTQ plus community community. So how did we get here? My wife and I did reciprocal IVF for both of our kids. So it was her eggs and I carried and did that for both of our children. And going through the process was very stressful and overwhelming. And, you know, we didn't know a whole lot about what to expect with fertility and the bumps in the road that we would hit. And then not to mention the legal needs that we had as a lesbian couple. So I have a social media business and a blog, and I had shared our fertility journey online and then the process of second parent adoption. So very briefly, if you are a same-sex cis couple and you're using you know, donor sperm, donor egg, donor embryo, anything donor gamete related, one of the parents is not considered the legal parent of the child. So you have to go through a process called second parent. Some states it's called step parent adoption to ensure that you both have full legal parental rights of your children. So when I shared this on my Instagram, people kind of freaked out and they were like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know, you're on the birth certificate. I spoke to a lawyer who said this was fine. And I was like, well, your lawyer is wrong. I actually am a lawyer. I don't do this type of law, but So I saw this huge void for competent, compassionate attorneys that specialize in family building for the LGBTQ plus community, a void of connecting to them. So like, you know, there are directories out there of family lawyers, but not everybody does this specific type of law. So I originally had the intention of, oh, okay, I'm just going to create a legal directory of lawyers who specialize in this type of law and are well-versed in the needs of the gay and queer community. So I started that and very quickly after that, the organization kind of exploded and I had no idea that it was so needed and that there was nothing like this out there that really encompasses the legal and fertility piece for the gay and queer community because they do go hand in hand. You need both of them. And so we now have fertility clinic directory of clinics that I can't legally say are quote vetted, but you know, I do my due diligence in ensuring that they are friendly to the LGBTQ plus community. They come recommend 
recommended from someone within the community. We have surrogacy resources, blogs, vlogs. I'm launching a fertility course later this year. Just a place to take the stress and overwhelm out of Mm. starting growing and protecting our families. First, congratulations. And super inspired. Not everybody takes kind of what was their challenge and then decides to do something about it, right? And provide an offer. And it seems like you saw that, well, I have certain skills, reasons, but even though you kind of said it, can you say more about what inspired you to actually like take the step and go ahead and start this organization? Yeah. So this all started back in October of 2020 when Amy Coney Barrett was nominated to the Supreme Court. I started talking more on my Instagram about things that the LGBTQ plus community should consider putting into place, God forbid, something were to happen. So I started talking about wills, power of attorney, healthcare proxy, especially with COVID and adopting your kids and ensuring that you have legal protections around your kids. So I was just putting out like bite-sized little pieces of information and people were just sharing it like crazy, reaching out to me like crazy, asking me questions. Can you connect me with a lawyer here? Do you know of that? And I was like, oh, I don't know of a lawyer in your location. Like here's a directory that you can like, you know, call your local bar association. So I started digging more into what do we need as a community and what is lacking? And I originally just started with the legal piece. I had no intention of creating what I created. This wasn't even a thing in 2020. An idea of Connecting Rainbows was not a thing in 2020. After I started the directory piece, I then started seeing a void in the connection between fertility and legal and how when my wife and I went through the process, we were not told by our clinic, you need to find a lawyer. I now started seeing that in other people's clinics and hearing other people's stories and then of course people don't know what they need. They don't know what they don't know. There's not this marketing of attorneys that is like, everyone needs to, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, of course. you know, the billboards you see are, you know, workers comp and, you know, if you, you get Excellent. personal injury and exactly. And <laughs> it's not like, hey, gay people, you need to, you know, it's some extra steps. So there's more, you know, to the picture yeah. even. Yeah. And why, and why would they know or even think about it? Because we're both on the birth certificate and the birth certificate is what proves that we're the parents, right? No, it's actually not. The birth certificate oh. is an administrative document governed by the laws of the state that is issued by vital records. It is not anything that proves anything, unfortunately. Now, yeah. will there be issues? Maybe not, but it's it's just protecting yourself. So really this happened very quickly. I mean, it was so just universally, divinely downloaded and just put out into the world very quickly. (laughs) But it it really encompasses me. It's the gay, it's the legal, it's the fertility. It's everything about me rolled into a resource. That's so beautiful. And and it is, it's this beautiful reflection of you and as a service, right? And I I love that aspect of it. And it's not the only thing you're doing, right? So- And, you know, what my show and, you know, the things I'm hoping to support women with are around mothering, but expanding this definition of mothering, you know, and, and looking at how we all mother and, and we mother in lots of different ways, right? So you're mothering a new organization and bringing that, like you said, it wasn't even, you know, in conception phase, maybe unconsciously, but we didn't know, right? <laughs> exactly. uh, <laughs> but, you know, really being birth this year, which is so beautiful, but you also mother in a lot of different ways. Your kids, you know, mm-hmm. your 
your other businesses, your career, community, or your relationship with your wife. Many of these are kind of, you know, within yourself, but also then out into the world. So I see you as like this beautiful living example of how we can mother so much and what are, you know, what's possible. But, you know, one of the things I underline is yes, we mother, we mother all these things, but the most important person we need to mother is ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how in all of this and all that you're mothering and doing and bringing to light, like, what does it look like? And what does that mean to you to mother yourself? So I love this question. And I was not good at this at all until very recently. Mm. And the past, I want to say six weeks or so, I started realizing that I needed more time for myself and me time because basically what was happening was that I'd wake up with the kids. We'd have to get ready for the day. It was a struggle to get out the door to camp, come home. I still have a baby. I'd have to nurse the baby, put her down. I'd work. I'd have to nurse her again. I'd work, have to pick my son up from camp and run to all his activities. And then I was like exhausted when the time the kids went to bed. And so I really didn't have time for myself. And so I started waking up early and I said, okay, my kids usually sleep like 6.15 to 7-ish. I'm going to start at 5.30. And it's very quickly turned into 4.15. I wake up at 4.15 every morning. I usually roll out of bed about 4.20, 4, 4.30, depending. Right. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. And I have my morning routine. I sit out on our porch on our rocking chairs. And the first thing I do is I journal and I have like a journaling practice of gratitude. What am I proud of myself? What are my next level affirmations? What am I excited about? What is going well? And while I'm doing this, I have a little YouTube video of the ocean because I love the sound of water and the waves. And so I have that playing in the background and all I hear outside is the birds and crickets and it's quiet and peaceful and no one needs anything from me, but me. From there, I typically either will read some personal development or I'll listen to personal development while I work out. So I work out probably like five days a week. And while I am watching the video and working out, I have personal development playing in my ears, <laughs> like just different, yes. different books. I've got a multi working different, working different muscles, right? Exactly. At the same time. I love it. Yeah. And then I always carve out time for visualization. So I play on Pinterest and I build our dream home. You know, that's kind of our, you know, one to two year goal of, you know, building our dream home. So I play on Pinterest and this has changed my life. If you asked me the two months ago, I would say, I'm not a morning person at all. Nope, absolutely not. Before kids, I couldn't even get up at 930, you know, (laughs) but I very quickly transformed into, I I actually have like thought about getting up at four. Like I just, that time for me is incredible. Now, full transparency, I do take a nap every single day. (laughs) I tried even like 30 minutes, even like just, and it works. I'm more energized. I like, I feel better. I'm able to, you know, I have a four and a half year old and a 16 month old at this point. And so, you know, we've got like the toddler challenges. If my cup is not full before I have to start dealing with that, it's not good for anyone. Right. So, oh, so yeah. beautiful. Then I just literally could cry. I was like, so happy, oh, you know, you. hearing you <laughs> speak about <gasps> this because so many women I coach, it's like, they know this, you know, we know this, we know we need to take care of ourselves, but you made a decision, a choice to do it. And you know, what I want to underline is you're feeling the benefit of it. Right. And that keeps yeah. you going. I'm assuming, quickly, you know, that's, it, that's yeah. yeah how I, quickly that was, can you say a little bit about that? Like deciding and then how quickly? Yeah. Yeah. So I, 
for like a few weeks, I was just listening to different personal development books. And one of them was Miracle Equation and the other one was Atomic Habits. And it's really just about the commitment and the small little tweaks that you can do every day. If you are 1% better each day, that that compounds so much over time. And I was like, okay, what can I do? That's a small shift and a small change to better myself. And so that was the, okay, you know what? I'm just going to try and get up at 5.30 tomorrow. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try. And then, you know, I know the five second rule of like, you know, you make a decision, you have five seconds to act on it. And I was like, okay, the alarm went off. I'm going to get up. And I really only had to convince myself to do it that day because I felt so good mm. having that time to myself. Like I just, and I was outside. I think you know, just that, I think that's a really big piece and I'm not sure what I'm going to do in the winter, but just having that time with nature outside where it was still yeah. dark and then I could see the sunrise and just be in the silence that I crave that now. And then I just kept moving it earlier and earlier and earlier. And I'm like, who gets up at four o'clock in the morning? Like apparently I do now, but like embodying that belief and that phrase of I am a morning person, you know, it was just a little shift that I had heard about in this book that you say, you know, you have to declare it. You can't be like, I try to get up early. No, I am a morning person. I am a morning, you know, just defining that and declaring it and putting it out into the universe. Mm -hmm. You'll start to believe it more. But I just so quickly felt that effect. And I get up now at that time, seven days a week. Wow. Even on the weekends, even on the weekends, yeah. because it's just okay. the best so way fun. to start my day. <laughs> and again, I take a nap. <laughs> I, yep. I, I try to go to bed early, but no, I've just seen it, such a shift. If we ended here and just like left women with this, you know, the importance of this and your model of doing that, you know, it would be a, it would be a huge gift. I noticed, you know, both times you mentioned taking a nap later, you like laughed and kind of had to, you know, like, you know, not going to lie as if that's a bad thing, right? Like, I know. Yes. Isn't it terrible? Like, yeah, we, it like, is. That we're programmed to think like, oh, a nap, like, oh, how I have to justify it. Oh, Jenna, I can't believe you mm -hmm. do that. Um, whereas it's yes. like, look at this amazing way I've created my day, right? Like I get yeah. up early, I've given myself so much. And of course, after now, then putting myself out and da, 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 I'm going to do a reset and mm -hmm. a nap is a beautiful reset. You know, some people right. say they don't need them and that's fine, but I think I do. there's plenty <laughs> out there saying that, that it's really good for us and we do. So we're also debunking the myth that naps are somehow indulgent because they're not. Yes, it's you're right. No, it's it's self care. I even had a therapist one time who said to me like, a nap is such good self care, especially for somebody like me. You know, like that. I mean, I struggle with mental health, depression, and you know, she said naps are a great reset. So you know, justified That's for good. sure yeah, in that exactly. in that regard. That's something our culture does, but I, I'm not gonna. You know, it's it's fine at a level, but you know, it's backed by research, you know, we, we can, <laughs> whereas everything you're naming is like, I also want to underline, like you've been following, you know, this, I'm going to call it feminine, like feminine. I make a distinction, feminine, masculine values, mm -hmm. you know, or kind of attributes in that way, but intuition being one of them, like, I know what's good for me, you know, like if I tune in yeah. and you've identified and, and then reinforce like being in nature, you know, taking this time for mm -hmm. myself, journaling, you know, remembering those are all like where our wisdom comes from and intuitive and unfortunately have been so not valued.
valued, you know, in our culture for a long, long time. I didn't value it before either. No, I had a very masculine approach as type A, nationally competitive gymnast, lawyer, and yeah, things had to shift after having my second child, especially. (laughs) One I love where you turned to and that shift was you know, this mothering of yourself. So I also know transparency and authenticity are really important to you. We're sharing that way right now and a big part of your life. Is that a way you also could mother ourselves? Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo meaning land of the goddess women and coming to really take time for yourself. Okay. And that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if that idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up, but now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. hundred percent because if you're not being authentic to you and you're trying to act or be like you think society is, you know, wanting you to be, that's a really big burden on yourself and it's exhausting. So when I started my own business almost eight years ago at this point, I had been a corporate lawyer. There's a mold, you know, that you, that you fit for that. And my personality was not 
that at all for for the most time. I mean, like I hardworking, yes, but like, you know, highbrow suit buttoned up. No. So when I started my business, I called myself the sparkly lawyer because I love, I love sparkles that. and unicorns and helping people. And I said to myself, I will never, ever not be me. I'm going to be myself a hundred percent of the time. Do my best to just never be who somebody expects me to be because it was exhausting and suffocating. So I think that that's the best thing that you can do. And and are there going to be people who don't like you? Absolutely. But guess what? They're not your people. People aren't going to like you when you're pretending to be somebody else either. So, (laughs) you know, it's we teach our kids to, to be true to themselves and to and to be themselves and to be unique. And uh, we forget that in ourselves for sure. But in terms of the transparency piece, I think that I use that as a way to help others feel less alone. So it's, I think it's more of service for others than maybe necessarily myself in that piece. Thank you. That's really beautiful. And a lot of what we've been talking about, I want to bring up one of, I think it was on your Instagram and you, I can't remember if it was a video now or just pictures where you talked about presence and how it's all about, you know, all of this is about when the importance of presence, I think everything that we're talking about is connected to that, but tell me about you and presence and what that means to you and how you foster it in your life. Yeah. I'm not good at it. innately. That's not my go-to. I am very much, what do I need to be doing? What is coming up? What is happening? What's on my to-do list? But having children really forces you to be present. Mm -hmm. And really, I want to be present because they grow so fast and they grow so quickly and they change every day. Just witnessing my kids, I'm very cognizant of like, if I'm on my phone, when I'm with them, I'm like, they don't have that choice. They are fully here in this room, in this moment, doing what they're doing. And I'm like in la la land. Like that's not even an option for them. They don't even know about it. And they are like having the best time ever playing with their little toys in their magical worlds. And like hit me the other day. And I was like, wow, I was like nursing my daughter. And I was like, I'm all that she's focused on right now. That's pretty cool. That's pretty powerful. And I'm like, Mm. it made me like put my phone down. And, and focus on, on that. And I'm, I am a work in progress with, <laughs> with that because my nature is keep going. First, yay for acknowledging, you know, if anyone tries to say like, oh, I'm present all the time, it's just a lie. It's, I think one of the biggest challenges we have, but also so much reward in it, right? And it's something I think that all of us, once we're conscious or aware of had those moments that we're aware of, you know, find our way to want more of them, right? But they're really kind of precious little moments that when we can acknowledge them. But what I, you know, notice about the practice that you set up in the morning, that's really about you being present with yourself, you know, and getting yourself yeah. present with you. And it's, I talk about this a lot in rewriting the mother code is what the whole journey is about. Right. And, you know, where have our, the families we grew up in and that wiring, and then our cultural wiring and everything that we have to kind of like undo and look at, so that everything isn't a projection screen or everything isn't, you know, like we're not so externally focused and we can focus inside also that one, you know, with ourselves, we can feel, you know, the beauty of that and the nourishment of it. But then when we do bring ourselves, you know, out with our family and our businesses and 
you know, with our spouses or partners that we can be present, you know, and that's like the next level of challenge, right? How do I stay present in those spaces when they're triggering me or when it's, they're bringing stuff up that, you know, is hitting something. I just want to knock their block off, you know, so to speak, but <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> why was yeah. I doing fine a second ago? And now I just want to like <laughs> yell at them or someone, you know, right. and, and you know, I, I want to name it because you're doing so many things that help get us to that point. And, you know, so I want to like really acknowledge that and, you know, the, the work it takes, you know, and I think we kind of underestimate, think it should be easy. Oh, now I know to be present. I'll just oh my start goodness, this no. journaling. I'll do this and then I'll be present. It's like, no, you know, it's, it's a yep. moment by moment choice. And I, I love how you're underlining all of that. Oh, thank you. It's, I am far from perfect <laughs> in any way, shape right. or form. Well, I am such a work in progress. I think, I mean, we always are, but things shift, life shifts. Your kids are changing all the time and toddler stage is hard and having to, as, as you mentioned, rewire a lot of what I learned growing up into how yeah. I parent today. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, I love that you're on the journey. It's not one, you know, I, I, I hope, and I think you do too, you know, more of us to step into that journey. And I think it's what we need to, you know, make some shifts in our world for sure in that, but I guess this kind of leads to my next question. Well, we'll make the bridge anyway, but what do you hope your legacy is? Yeah. I mean, I think there are a few different things when it comes to kind of business. I really want to change the LGBTQ plus space. I want there to be more openness and acceptance and visibility. And I want people to say, you know, I feel safer because of what Jenna has done that I feel less alone. I think that that's like my biggest phrase that I talk about. Like I, I want people to feel less alone in whatever it is that they're going through. And that's where I share what I share. I share the struggles, whether it's parenting, whether it's the gay piece, the fertility piece. You know, I think that when somebody else can look and say, oh, hey, she struggled with that. And now she's on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. There's hope for me. I think that that's a really huge deal. And then I think with my children, you know, I just want them to feel loved and that they were seen and heard and validated and know that no matter who they become, that's perfect and that we will love them and support them and care for them and that we did our best, <laughs> that, I, that, that I did my best, you know, because yeah. it's definitely the hardest job in the world. Amen to that, you know, and it's the hardest and kind of most underestimated in that challenge or difficulty. It's one of the definitely big myths I try and debunk around it is that motherhood is something that's just innate and that, you know, it just comes naturally and easily and that there's a right way to do it. Right. And those are all just, they just set us up for, you know, so much guilt and tension and anxiety, you know, if, if that's what we if that's what we're supposed to think. And right. no, it takes a lot of support. And I love what you're, you know, what you're talking about is building community, right. And yeah. a community within the spaces that are familiar and then beyond, you know, so we can see all the ways that we're connected and, and related, you know, as women, but in that mothering space, particularly around all the different ways we mother and have this expanded notion and vision of it, but all of it, then there's all those similarities, right? That yeah. it's hard. It's really it's, hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did we, did we mention it's hard? <laughs> exactly. And every, it's like every child is different. Like having a, a second, it's kind of like, you need to parent different ways 
And then every stage is different with how you have to parent because, you know, they're getting more independent and opinionated and different struggles and different challenges. And you're like, man, I thought I had that down. <laughs> the minute you think you have it down, you should, we should always be ready. Like, okay, some new change is coming because exactly. and enjoy it while it lasts. Right. Like I, right. I had a moment of feeling like I kind of <laughs> wrapped my arms around this and maybe I got it for a second. Um, Yay. And now on to the next nope. challenge. Right. <laughs> Well, and two, I mean, two for me was a big, when the second came along, I would, I was really thrown for two months. I, I didn't even know, like, sounds dramatic, but like, am I going to, can I do this? You know, can I even <laughs> balance, you know, I don't know, balance isn't the right word, but can I, I remember hitting that two month mark, like, okay, like it's going to be okay. I can do right. this, you know? And well, we were thrown for a loop. I gave birth to our daughter in April of 2020. So right at the beginning of the pandemic and suddenly my three-year-old is home 24 seven as well. So that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I really, I really thought of you. I was like, Ooh, 2020 giving birth. That's when everything was so locked down and challenging that just as a sidebar, I'm sure that had its own significant stressors for your family, you know, for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not how we envisioned, uh, bringing home a new baby, but (laughs) we did it. We survived. Isn't it amazing? I mean, and and that's one of the things I'm, you know, want to just highlight and reckon like during this time and women and mothers and that like one, how resilient we are, how strong we are. I mean, there's things that need to be changed and hoping out of, you know, seeing it more clearly during this time, you know, and you know, you're, you saw a need and you're doing one of them, which is, you know, so admirable. And I want us all to see those things and, and do something. So if there's something you could wish you could tell your past self, what would it be? Mm, I got so many things. I think I would have to say to be gentle on myself and to give myself grace. I am a inherently a person who is very hard on themselves. I am just from innately who I was, just a type A go-getter from childhood, like the stories my parents tell me. And then further, that was nurtured through being a gymnast, that nothing is ever good enough. And you hit one goal and it's on to the next one. And there's not really a pause and reflection and celebration of of that one goal because you're just on to the next. But when there are roadblocks and when you do stumble and fall and quote, fail, and I think failures, it can be good that, you know, of like not hitting some whatever. I don't think it has to necessarily be a negative thing to be gentle. And there will be a lesson and a blessing that comes out of it, I can definitely go and spiral pretty quickly into a depression or like that I'm not good enough or that this defines me. And (laughs) yeah, well, you definitely picked a sport and a profession that fosters, you know, that kind of way of being and belief in this, how in our culture, we've thought that it's even possible to have perfection and it just messes us up so much. Well, I love what you're saying, the gentle with myself and I was also hearing in that celebrating, you know, Mm -hmm. gentle and celebrating myself, taking time to savor the wins, but also savor the mistakes and the learning that they're going to bring, right. And celebrate those, you know, because I know, you know, this with little ones, we don't sit there and like expect our child to, you know, just one day, like stand up and walk. Right. Like, and, and then chastise them or think like, well, you're not walking perfectly yet. What's wrong with you? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. You can learn process. You can, they have to learn. That's what it takes. Right. And we 
we're okay with that. Like that's a, and we celebrate them trying and I'm underlining that for myself. I'm, you know, yes. taking that one in, you know, for myself, the being gentler and, you know, understanding that mistakes are how we learn, not just they're okay. They're, you know, and like, okay, you know, get up and go. And that we can take time in between, you know, the next challenge, right. I can yeah. really enjoy walking or whatever it is, this right. new thing that I just, you know, accomplished. And right before I decide if I want to take on a next, a next big challenge. Yeah. I think you, we can learn so much from our children. And I I've always said that like my, mm -hmm. they're my biggest teachers that how many times do they fall and continue to get back up to learn to walk? And then they walk and they are so proud of themselves. They clap and laugh and celebrate. And they're like, literally like my daughter, like, look over. She's like, look at me. You know, like clap for myself. Why hey, everyone clap for me. Right. And you do, and you celebrate them so much. And then you look to yourself and you're like, oh, I can't brag. I can't be like too self-confident. I can't, I can't talk about how, how great I am and how, how amazing I just did this one thing. Like, oh no, I've got to downplay it. Or, you know, somebody says like, oh my God, you look so beautiful today. Oh, well, you know, I don't know. I just kind of threw this on and right. then or I got it on sale or, you know, yes. Yeah. But like kids are like, yeah, I look cute today. <laughs> like my son will just be like, look how cute I am. And I'm like, you are cute. You know, just own that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. At the oh, moment. Great. You, can, you can say no, but what is something <laughs> that you could brag about? Right. You have many, uh, you know, we talked about it, but I'd love to have you brag about yourself, about any, anything that we've talked about or any aspect of you. I have always been somebody that has had really high goals and really high expectations. And I have to say that for the most part, I've, I've pretty much achieved those goals. And I had a full scholarship to college. I actually had a full scholarship to, to most college of my choice um, wow. because of gymnastics. I had a full ride. I turned down Stanford. I didn't want to go that far away from home, <laughs> grew up outside Philadelphia. And then I had a, you know, a goal to go to law school. And I oh, so did. And I to, had a, what did you go to Penn? Is it, I went so to Penn State. Your second, Penn State. I went yeah. to Penn State. Mm -hmm. Penn State. Still like, that's yeah. not a bad you know, yeah, no, we're not settling. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and then I went to law school and I had a partial scholarship to law school and then I passed the bar and then I got the six figure corporate job in Manhattan and, you know, then had my own business, which almost flopped completely, recovered from that Amazing. very well. And kind of, I feel like in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a quote self made, you know, entrepreneurial. I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur, but, you know, success in that way. And, you know, I have a lot of big goals for myself in the next few years and know that I will get there just past it. evidence, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's you know, what I always want for women. When women say like they want more self-confidence, I always advocate more for self-efficacy or a growth mindset. Like, can I do this next thing? Or this is hard, but I have past experience. I've done hard things before I can do this next hard thing. And, you know, we just care about and hold so much. It's really not our nature to be confident, you know, cause that kind of narrows us. Right. I'll add to your brag list, even though we mentioned it, your marriage and your relationship with your wife, I think mm -hmm. is a lot to be braggable and, oh, and proud of. And, you know, just going into the whole sphere of what it took to create and expand your family, you know, with your children. And that was yeah. a lot of hard work and, yeah. and <laughs> a lot to go up against. So 
underlining that. I don't think it's a coincidence. And then I have one more question that I never think there are coincidences, but why did I see this morning, you know, in my email that I just want to name it because I thought it was really kind of cool and fun that WNBA star gold medalist, Brianna Stewart and her wife just had a baby girl through surrogacy. So I love that they're out there sharing. And I don't know if you knew about that already, but uh, Mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. And, you know, just to have, you know, them out there and, and sharing and being, you know, visibility. Yeah. The visibility is so important. I mean, the word I was looking for. Thank you. It will like Pete Buttigieg just announced yesterday that he and his husband are going to be expanding their family. And so it's people who have the platforms, you know, and that's kind of what I view my social media business as having platform of a large following and showcasing my life to show that it's possible for other people to have the family that I wasn't sure I could have, you know, mm-hmm. you know, social media can be a toxic place, but it can also have a lot of gifts and be a very beautiful place. hundred percent. I totally agree. All right. So last question, what does rewrite the mother code mean to you? And what's one way you're going to mother yourself this week? So when I think about, you know, rewriting the mother code, I think about my own children, just because I'm so focused on parenting, parenting them right now. And I really is that it is not a one size fits all and that you need to be adaptable. And I think I'm going to go back to the being gentle on yourself that I am parenting so differently than I ever thought. Not that I thought I would be like, you know, a yelling, not nice parent, but I'm my, my wife and I are very much into the positive parenting methodology and take, have taken courses on it. And I've had to completely rewire my brain as to how to respond and how to say things in a different way than I ever thought. So, um, trying to break, my parents were amazing, but, you know, breaking generational cycles of that yelling and punishing and grounding and, and all of that is, is the way that society has kind of taught us to raise our kids. But that's not the most effective way that raises competent, secure children into adults. And in terms of mothering myself, continue my morning magical routine. It's just been such a gift. But also, again, being the gentle piece is just this recurring theme that keeps coming to me just because parenting a toddler, well, he's four and a half now, my son, who has like sensory stuff and just different things that I just, I've never had to deal with. I've had to shift a lot and just being gentle on, on myself and how we, how we handle certain things and situations that I wasn't prepared for. I'm trying, I know he's trying and yeah. What a gift. Well, this gift that you give yourself is then possible, you know, to give others, because if you're not rewiring that for you and then you're just, we're just expected to be that way or tell our children, you know, to, be gentle with themselves. It's not as genuine or effective. So I love that you're the two of those go together so beautifully. Well, thank you so much. I really don't want to end because there's (laughs) way more we could talk about and hopefully we will continue, but thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for who you are and putting Mm -hmm. yourself out so beautifully and intentionally and authentically in the world. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. 
And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.